Welcome to Authors on the Air, everyone. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Today is an exceptionally thrilling day for me. I have a legend sitting here in my studio and the daughter of a legend. Anne Hillerman has been writing uh, New York Times best-selling books uh, since she took over the legacy of this series from her father, Tony Hillerman, who I grew up reading. Um, Anne lives in Santa Fe and Albuquerque. We were just talking about uh, there being snow on the cacti out there, which is, for a Florida girl, hard for me to understand. But she has continued the legacy of this mystery series her father started. The Jolie Porn stories began with the publication of The Blessing Way in 1970 and have continued on now to Anne's newest book, which is called The Tale Teller. I am beyond delighted to welcome to Authors on the Air, New York Times bestselling author, Anne Hillerman. Anne, welcome, welcome. Well, thank you so much. I am thrilled to be your guest today, and I'm looking oh, forward to goodness. our conversation. Thank you, as am I. I The first thing I want to say is thank you for telling me about there is skiing in the desert, because I never would have known that, and I never in my life. So I am making a trip. One of my trips next year will be to see you at Tucson, Tucson Book Fair, because you said that's the place to go, and I'm going to do it. So um, uh, thank you for that. And, you know, I grew up reading your dad's books, and I'm sure, as his daughter, you grew up not only reading them, but watching him compose uh, these beautiful stories of Native Americans. Um, Had you known since you were a child that you would be a writer too? I would say yes. I didn't I didn't quite realize I would be able to make a living as a writer. And as you know there's there's a big difference between those sure. two things. But I always loved to write. And I was lucky because uh not only my dad but also my mother really encouraged me to come up with my own stories. Both of my parents were avid avid readers. And I think when a child grows up in a family like that, where stories are are really uh, given a lot of value, it sort of becomes part of who you are. And so, yeah, I can remember, you know, when I was in first grade, writing stories, writing stories, writing stories. And then I went to uh, University of New Mexico and... Uh, at that point, my dad was teaching there, and I uh, studied journalism with him as one of my instructors and worked for quite a while as a newspaper writer and then uh, wrote some nonfiction books. But, you know, a lot of of people who go into journalism – have this dream of becoming novelists. And that really was not true for me. But after my dad died, everything changed. And so here I am with five novels. It is amazing. And how was the transition from writing as a journalist to transitioning and taking over the Leaphorn series? Because um, even though it feels like it should be in your DNA, it must be in a cellular level for you um, simply because of of 
watching your dad and reading his books as well. Did you find the transition was an easy one? Uh, you know, that's a hard question for me to answer. I had, as you as you mentioned earlier, I had really grown up with Jim Chi and Joe Leaphorn. Those right. characters were like were like part of my family. But I never really, I mean, I was happy writing nonfiction. I had done a book on gardens, some book, books on restaurants, some travel guides. But after my father died, it just, it dawned on me that besides missing him, I was really missing those stories. And I was thinking, well, you know, what's going on with Uncle Joe and Uncle Jim? So I think that was, that that sense of loss was one of the things that inspired me to see if I could write a novel. And the other thing was this minor character my dad had created, a woman police officer named Bernadette Manuelito. And right. I just I loved I loved that character. And I thought, well, may it's just a shame for the series to end with her not having a chance to uh be a be a crime solver in her own right. So I think those were the, those were things that sort of inspired me to see if I could write a novel. And because I had written nonfiction books, I understood a little bit about how the world of publishing worked. And mm. I wasn't maybe quite as sensitive to criticism as some people might be when they have their first novel, their first baby out in the world. You know, I was a sure. little, I guess I had toughened up a little bit through my my background in journalism. So I think those things made the transition easier. But, you know, coming up with with plots and and um, building, you know, the, the pacing of a novel, all of that was very different than what I had done in nonfiction. But I kind of just, slug, you know, slogged along and eventually got to the end of that first novel and took a big sigh of relief. Well, you know, obviously your readers loved it because – you are a New York Times best-selling author, and your books are highly, highly, highly praised from not only your peers, but most especially from your readers, and that's where it counts. That's right. You know, I was I was nervous, I have to say, when uh, Spider-Woman's Daughter first came out right. because my dad had so many readers. And I thought, well, you know, they'll be curious. So, you know, and first they'll see that name Hillerman on the book and they'll think, oh, I guess Tony did have another book. And then they'll see the word Anne and they'll think, huh, who is this usurper? <laughs> so I was, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe they'll be curious enough to take a chance on me. So I was delighted that not only did they take a chance on me, but then evidently they recommended it to their friends. And, you know, one book led to another book. So I'm just so, I'm so full of gratitude to dad's fans that they were that they had had courage enough to give my books a try well not only that they're buying them in record numbers so so congratulations for that and it seems to me because when i read spider woman's daughter and it seemed to me a very seamless transition from from your dad to you it it it, there was no interruption in the story. It didn't feel different to me. It was a great book, but 
I felt comfortable in, with those characters. They had not changed at all, except for in throughout the course of the story, the way characters normally change. So um, I, I think that your legacy as Tony Hellerman's daughter in the writings in writing circles is absolutely sealed in, in gold. And to be honest oh. with you, oh, you know, well, thank I you for, <laughs> thank you for saying that. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I was just at a a wonderful book festival in Gaithersburg, Maryland, and uh-huh. before I left, a friend said to me, "Marilyn, do you think people know about your books there?" I said, "Well, I guess they do because I got this invitation, and there one of the volunteers told me there were 110 people who squeezed into that tent to hear me." So. Yeah, I I just I'm just so I'm so delighted that these characters can live on and that you know I think so many of our lives are so full of situations that don't resolve happily. And the good thing about writing mysteries is that you know in the end the crime is solved and the these crime solvers who you love if it's a series you know that these crime solvers are going to move on to solve another crime in the next book. So yes. I think mysteries are kind of a an anecdote to to all of the 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 things that are happening in the world that can tend to leave us feeling pretty overwhelmed. Yes, I I, th- I like that um, thought. I think that's that's appropriate. Um, and have you ever thought about l- stepping away from Lee Porn and Chi and Manuelito and and maybe doing a standalone fiction for yourself? Uh, yeah, I have thought about it, but I haven't thought about it enough to actually come up with an idea of what that book would be yet. Ah, I just I, I just signed a a contract for uh, three more Jim Chi, Joe Leeporn, Bernadette Manuelito books, and as I'm going to be working on these books, in the back of my mind is the idea that maybe there will be a character in one of these books who who perhaps deserves a book of her own or maybe even a series of her own. So that's sort of I see that down the road for me. But for now, I mean, every time, it seems like every time I get a, an idea that goes in a book, I get two or three more that I'm really in love with but don't exactly fit in the story I'm writing now. So, yeah, Interesting. we'll see. Interesting. We'll see. I, just, I, I, yeah, I have to say I thank my dad every day for the, oh. for the inspiration that he gave me and just for being such a, a wonderful dad who always said to me, you know, the world is your oyster and just, you know, do the best you can and and you know, try to try to live each day to its fullest. So thanks, Dad. Hey, uh, you know, I thank my parents every time I close one of these shows, so I, I so understand that. Will you tell listeners about this beautiful book called The Tale Teller, please? Well, how many days do we have? <laughs> you you have as long as you want, Miss Ann Hillerman. I am giving you whatever time you want. You can be oh. in the penthouse suite and have that elevator go all the way to the garage park parking level. It's fine with me. <laughs> oh well, you know I I feel like it like a new mom. Uh, the tale teller uh, arrived in April just last month, and it's. 
as as you mentioned earlier, Joe Leaphorn was the the character with whom uh, my dad began this series back in right. 1970. So when I started writing about him and Jim Chi and Bernie Manuelito, I thought, gosh, three juggling three characters is going to be a real challenge. So in my first novel, something uh, very sad happens to poor Joe Leaphorn. And so for the other for for my first four books, Joe is still a character, but he's kind of taken a back seat to uh, Jim Chi and Bernie Manuelito. So I thought after five books, it was time to bring Joe back as a full crime solver. And uh, to be frank with you, part of my hesitation was that he was such a bigger-than-life character. I thought I have to come up with a, a really important crime for, for, to, to put Joe back to work. So in The Tale Teller, uh, Joe, the story opens, uh, Joe is asked by a woman who is the, one of the uh, directors at the Navajo Museum, which is a real, a real museum, the Navajo Nation Museum. The museum has received uh, a box of donations, and the box has arrived anonymously. And and in the box, according to the inventory that the donor sent, should have been a priceless textile that goes back to what the Navajos call the long walk. And that was a very tragic and important time in Navajo history when the uh, American government decided that the Navajo people should be removed from their sacred homeland, marched um, uh, many, many days down to a really desolate place in southern New Mexico and perhaps turned into farmers or perhaps they wouldn't survive but that was in the days where it, the only good Indian was a dead Indian, and there was not right. much sympathy for the Navajo people. Anyway, right. this textile uh, dates from that tragic time. So Leaphorn's job is to discover if it actually was included in this box to start with, and if it was included, what happened to it? So that's kind of the the, the nugget from which uh, the tale teller uh, was born. And I love the idea that besides uh, uh, coming up with a mystery, I could also educate readers who perhaps were not very familiar with, with Navajo history, educate them on this really important uh episode in the in the life of Navajo of, of the Navajo people what happened was that after a while the army decided that it just wasn't working that it was too expensive to have so many people imprisoned so for the first time ever the Navajo the Navajo people were the very first native american group who were allowed to return to their sacred homeland so maybe 8000 navajos uh, were allowed to march all the way back to New Mexico and Arizona from where they'd been imprisoned. And from that little group, the Navajo Nation grew to be what it is today, which is one of the most powerful Native nations in the United States. So, hmm. uh, and it used to be origin- part of the Navajo philosophy of life is that you don't dwell on what is negative. 
So for a long time, grandparents and great-grandparents didn't even talk to their children about this. But now uh, the Navajo Nation has decided that really this is a story of survival and resilience. And the, the tremendous will to survive and will to start over that these people who returned from imprisonment had was the start of the modern Navajo Nation and what has made it so great today. So I'm able to kind of use this this thread of resilience in in my novel to um, tell what I think is really, I mean, there's a lot of, of course, murder and mystery and mayhem, but in the end, it's really a story of, of survival and resilience. And it's also the the resilience of Joe Leaphorn after a lot of bad things that have happened to him sure. to come back and be able to solve a crime. So I could say more. I mean, Jim Chi has a is solving a mystery, and Bernadette Manuelito is solving a mystery, and in the end, it all comes together. And I have to say, of all the books I've written, I I think this is my favorite. But I guess any mom says that about her new baby, huh? About the new baby, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. um, I know that you have such a rich history through your dad's books and, and, of course, where you live for the Navajo Nation. How much of that is due to your research and just due to your own personal fascination? Oh, that's a complicated question. I would it's, – it, it's hard to, you know, quantify it. But uh, as I'm working on my books, I I um, have a lot of of people who help me, people who know more about the world of law enforcement, about uh, the life sure. as a Navajo, about um, uh, geology and botany, and all of the the threads that that have to go into a novel. You know, I think when many people uh, hear the word fiction, they think, well, this is a made-up story. And, of course, it is a made-up story, but the threads that go into it are threads of fact. And I yeah. think that's—I think that's really why people love to read fiction, because not only do they get a wonderful story that grows from someone's imagination, but they also get all of these all of these factual threads that, if they're interested, yes. then they can learn more on their own. So yes. I, I don't know if that answered your question, but that's it does. Uh, and I would ima- I imagine where you live. Um, you see uh, the very presence of, of the Navajo Nation there. Um, where I live, our presence is with the Seminole Indians and, um, you know, like that. It's just different. It's a, it's a different kind of thing. I would love to go out and, and see a Navajo, like a dance. and what I'm not sure what it's called, a powwow or something. But um, I know that they have... There are gatherings from all the, the indigenous peoples, you know, send representatives to these big um, conferences or whatever they are, you know, showcases. I'd love to do that sometime. When I'm reading one of your books, I feel like I'm there. I'm there and I'm learning so much. So what you say about the facts in the book, it's absolutely true. I, I learn a lot from you. So I want to thank you for that. Um, well, well, thanks, thanks for. It's so wonderful to talk to to do an interview with someone who's actually read the books. So, oh yeah, thank you. Oh, I, yeah. I really appreciate uh, that. 
<laughs> I am a huge reader anyway, so um, I'm I'm one of those uh, people who, and I don't say this to sound elitist, but I don't have a television. I haven't had one for a long time. I find myself uh, reading to me is a lot more fun than watching. Sh- and I know that there's good television out there, but um, I, you know, I, I remember when I got rid of my television and that's when reality te- television started to become popular. And I said, nah, I just rather read. So, <laughs> so I go to all these different, see, I can live with the Navajo. When I read your book, I can go to outer space. When I read somebody else's book, I can, you know, go back in time with another book so I could fall in love with somebody else's, you know? <laughs> so right, it's nice that's to, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to read all these different books. Um, and what do you like to do when you're not writing? You know, I love to cook. I have to say, I'm not much I'm not much for baking because baking you know comes with so many rules. You have yes, to, you know if you don't if you don't exactly follow them you you have a disaster. Whereas yes. with cooking you in general you can kind of look in the refrigerator or go to the grocery store and see what catches your fancy and then I usually start with a recipe, but then as I'm going on, I have to add a little more garlic or substitute something yeah. for something. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm lucky. I, I'm married to a guy who loves to experiment, too. So we just we have so much fun cooking and eating and, and then doing a critique and thinking, well, next time we'll add a little more and add a, or more of this and less of that. So, And I love oh, to fun. ski, too. And I love to read. And I love to take my dog out for walks. Aw. Who do you like reading? Oh, I love um I love reading Craig Johnson. I and I've I've just have have been reading uh William Kent Kruger. I I had missed his book Ordinary Grace and I I am just so I'm so taken with that book. You and me both. Yeah. Kent is so nice and I I loved reading his books. He's he should be our poet laureate. I mean, our writer laureate, as far as I'm concerned. And he too talks about indigenous peoples in his book. Yeah, yeah, and the settings. I I just yes. love. I love reading books where the setting is almost a character. Yes. Do you yeah. read C.J. Box? He's also yes. You know, I like a, I I I like C.J. Box a lot. He has I, a new book called say, The Bitter Roots. That you might be interested in. It's oh. not a Joe Pickett book. Yes, that new, his new book is coming out. Oh, good. Well, I'll look for it. I'll look for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there are, I like the same writers that you do. How interesting. Um, well, you know, we may be sisters from another mister. What can I tell you? Uh, could <laughs> be. Thing, except I have cats <laughs> and not dogs. So. <laughs> and are you um are you doing any appearances that we should be telling anyone about? I'm going I'm going to Wisconsin next week. I'm going to be the speaker at the the uh, annual Kohler Library event. I I've never I had never even heard of this event, but the people organizing it are just so wonderful. I'm really excited about that. And then I'm going to um, Salt Lake City. I'm going to be the keynote speaker at the Quills Book Festival. I'm going to Jackson Hole for the Jackson Hole Writers Festival in June. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How wonderful. 
How wonderful. And I'm going to go to Yellowstone as part of that. So that'll be really, really fun. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Would you please tell everyone where we can find you on the webs? Absolutely. I have a a website where I try to keep my uh, coming um, events all up to get up to date. And it's www.ann with an E, A-N-N-E, Hillerman.com. And thank you so much for the honor of being on on this show. It, it is just, it's such a pleasure to speak to you. You're such a joy to listen to uh, when you're telling your stories. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope that you will come back when your next book releases, and maybe you'll play interviewer to one of your favorite um, authors. Oh, you fucking asshole! Hello, hello. I'm hello. here. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I was thinking maybe you'll come back and, and take the microphone and interview one of your favorite writers. Oh, I would be honored to do that. That would be so much fun. Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, maybe we'll get Kent Kruger on and you can do an interview with him. Oh, I, you, you, won't, you can't keep me from doing that. That would be wonderful. Okay, then I'm going to send an email to him because I do have his email address, and I'm going to do that. And this is Ann Hellerman. The new book is The Tale Teller. It is a Joe Leaphorn uh, novel, of course, with all the other characters that are generally in a fabulous Hellerman book. Please go and buy it now. Um, the book has just released in April. You can find it online and in brick-and-mortar stores everywhere. Ann Hellerman. Thank you so much for being with me. It's just been a pleasure. I want to thank all my listeners and thank you, Mom and Dad. Have a great day, everyone. Bye bye.